Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of the Movement Effect podcast. On this episode, we welcome the Rehab Collective, with whom we speak about social justice, equality, as well as physiotherapy in Canada, given the current social climate. So uh, once again, guys, thank you for joining us today. Um, So for all of our listeners and viewers, um, this is the first podcast um, coming from the Movement Effect. Um, Just introduce ourselves if you aren't aware. Um, We are an organization um, that's technically a not-for-profit with the goal of um, encouraging unity and social justice and collaboration across diverse populations um, while incorporating movements and healthcare into our practice. And the goal was to bring together like-minded individuals, um, all healthcare providers, uh, chiropractic students and physiotherapy students who wanted to have an impact and in some way contribute to a healthy global climate. Um, And that's why we also wanted to start a podcast where we were also bringing on like-minded individuals um, for education purposes, for open discussion and dialogue about um, this current state of healthcare, the current state of the world in terms of uh, social practices, social justice, um, movements that we're seeing happening around the globe right now. And just to really try and open up lines of communication as uh, much as possible kind of thing. So for those who don't know, my name's Reno, I'm one of the founders of The Movement Effect. Well, yep. my name's Kevin, also one of the founders. Um, and there are four others uh, that also share that founder role. Um, and as Reno said, we're all just very passionate about that aspect of unity, movement, et cetera. Um, and I think it's great just to even start this podcast because we can bring on like-minded people, like-minded organizations, um, and no better way to start off than the Rehab Collective. So, um, yeah, so we just want to thank you guys so much for, for doing this, for joining, for sharing your knowledge, um, for chatting about the Rehab Collective and about you guys um, as a duo. So, yeah, Reno, did you want to get started with the first question? Yeah, so uh, Tony and Marquise, uh, founders of the Rehab Collective, um, yeah, once again, just as Kevin said, thank you for joining us, guys. And um, I know we were talking a little bit before we uh, started the recording in the official podcast here, but um, really our first kind of question to you guys, and if you're open to it, um, if you can just introduce yourselves and maybe give us a little bit of background about what was the motivation uh, for you two coming together and um, starting the Rehab Collective. All right. Um, I guess uh, first off, I actually just want to say thanks for having us be like the first guest on this podcast. Um, but in terms of coming up with starting this rehab collective idea, it was honestly like an idea that me and Marquise had for a clinic that we want to do in the future. Like we met in physio school uh, at Western and it was actually kind of, we sort of had mutual friends. I think one of my friends that I went to school with is his girlfriend's cousin. And then, so we sort of connected that way, but we want Rehab Collective to be a clinic in the future, whether it's a two year, three year, five year plan and we want this clinic to carry 
the values that we have, such as unity, social justice. And we feel like that many of the clinics right now don't have that connection. It seems like, like the clinic is separate from like whatever else is going on in the world. And that's something that we don't think should happen. We think that it should all just be one. So, oh yeah, I'll say my part. Yeah, thank you guys for, for having me, for having Tony on here. Long overdue, uh, we're excited for this. Um, and I guess, yeah, like Tony said, we're mutual friends, uh, my girlfriend's uh, cousin knows him, went to school with him. And I think we met on like, FaceTime for the first time randomly. And she's like, oh. hey, Tony, <laughs> she's like, hey, Tony, uh, this is the guy who's going to PT school with you. I was like, oh, okay, hi, whatever. <laughs> and I ended up seeing him a few weeks later. I was like, oh, cool. And then we, you know, we clicked from there. Um, and kind of the, the inspiration behind Rehab Collective, just like Tony said, um, we always had kind of a aspiration or inspiration to open our own clinic one day. Um, and then when we, when we met each other, we saw that we had really similar like values and, and viewpoint. Um, so we wanted to create a platform where um, it's inclusive for, I guess, the BIPOC community, for, for students, for, for youth, for people who just want to get active, for people who want to move. Um, and just like the movement of like, people that have a common interest and common thing, which is, which is movement. Um, and we want to have a clinic where it's like, it's a collective group of healthcare professionals across all boards, so physios, chiros, and that's why we kind of call the Rehab Collective um, all at once. So we're kind of making everything full circle and trying to connect that clinic to community, because in a sense, you know, when we're, when we're, when we're physios, um, we'll be part of the community, all right? So people coming in, we need to, we need to understand what they're going through, what's going on in the community and be part of it and support it. Excellent. Yeah, I think that speaks so much to like some of the core competencies of our profession and that it's how are you furthering the profession? How are you furthering the field of physiotherapy and healthcare? And just a lot of what you guys touched on in terms of that, like inclusion, creating that community feel. And just as you said, where the name speaks to the rehab collective, creating that collective, it's a collective agreement amongst each other and ourselves that, okay, we're working on our mental health, our physical health, our emotional health, and we're trying to contribute to um, the health of our community in whatever way we can and what's meaningful for you guys, as well as the community that you're reaching out to. So that, yeah, I think that's excellent. And really just even from this like first few minutes here, like really do see a lot of parallels in terms of the thought process of why you guys started and then our thoughts as well on the, why we got started in the first place and was to try and have as um, healthy and as positive uh, impact as we can kind of thing. So yeah, love it guys. And once again, thank you for being here. This is uh, looking forward to the rest of the conversation so far. Yeah. Um, and so kind of following up on that, just with you guys being based out of uh, Toronto GTA um, and looking to open up like, with that idea stemming from wanting to open up a clinic together. Is there a particular, say, region in Toronto or in the GTA that speaks to you guys in terms of this is where we want to open up um, because it allows us to maybe um, 
offer our services to a wider variety of people? Just what are your thoughts or do you guys have any ideas yet as to where you see yourselves opening up in particular? Uh, yeah, definitely the GTA is where we have in mind because I think that this is the most like multicultural area in Ontario. Um, it's also like, uh, honestly, it also depends on how however much property costs to yeah. have a clinic because <laughs> I don't know I don't know what's gonna happen after this after <laughs> this uh, COVID thing happen, uh, ends, but I'm sure there'll be opportunities popping up anywhere, and it's it's more like we want to be ready when these ready to say yes when these opportunities come up. And our focus will be the GTA area because that's where we think that we could connect with uh, people of color, people like many, uh, many races and diversity. Yeah, yeah. So like Tony said, GTA region. Uh, again, depending on the cost, <laughs> depends on you know what happens after after COVID, if this will end, when this will end um and yeah so we're from gta so we we know a fair amount of people and we um to kind of you know understand the communities and kind of see um where or which communities need to be um reached out to um and then we'll kind of use that to our to our advantage but yeah that that's further down the road so we gotta we gotta think about that a little bit more once we get our experience definitely and uh I know you guys mentioned, you know, like two-year plan, five-year plan, uh, and that that being the goal, the clinic being the goal. But where do you guys see yourselves in like, and this is going to be difficult because we don't even know, but like 10, 20 years, like what what do you hope the Rehab Collective does? Or what, I guess, what legacy do you hope that you guys will leave um, once it's all said and done? We um, We actually had had this talk before, like we we sort of we want this place to be something to provide opportunity like whether it is mentorship whether it is uh, education whether it's providing for um, lower socioeconomic classes providing this rehab it's something where we want people to feel safe to reach out to feel safe to uh, come to just for uh, for anything basically and I think that we have a really good opportunity to nurture like the future of physiotherapy or like for any other professions out there because if we provide this opportunity for mentorship we're able to like pass on our values like same thing with the movement effect we're able to pass on like okay like you need to be um do this this and this to be an excellent physio but you also need to be yeah you need to be compassionate you need to have empathy like you need to care about all these things that are going on in the world if you're going to be an excellent practitioner or even just a good human being no matter like what uh, profession you go into that's sort of like where I like the the dream is to be yeah so uh, Tony you're a tough lead to go off of man making all the points <laughs> uh, 
so yeah just man just like tony said uh just beyond just opening like a clinic we want an environment where um especially younger people especially students can just feel comfortable coming in and saying hey man i'm interested like can i come hang out here for a day can i come hang out here for a weekend see what you guys do you know by all means come in we'll mentor you see what you like see how um you can take your schooling your education your profession your health whatever it is the next step um and you can have people that you can kind of guide you through it and kind of mentor you through it um so yeah just like tony just opening up another clinic and opening up a clinic and just providing a, a space where the community feels welcome to come and uh opening a clinic that that's cool it doesn't feel like you're going into a, a doctor's office you know you, you can go in you can call the clinic you can reach out to um the physios the professionals there by email by text by uh, social media and just say hey man i'm interested in doing this like do you know anyone or can you help me with this or just being open and providing opportunities to everyone because going off like personal experience when i was growing up and i was looking at you know chiropractors healthcare professionals physios there weren't many people that looked like me so i wasn't really reaching out to people to say hey i'm interested in doing this like can i come stop by the clinic and look you know the only time i reached out really was when i lived in georgia before and a physio down there he grew up in the same neighborhood i grew up in in like Vaughan. so once he said that i made a little connection i said oh let me go let me go hit him up and then he said yeah man come through all right so just like that little similarity i felt a lot more comfortable reaching out to him and like shooting him an email, shooting him a text and confronting him and saying, man, I'm really interested. Can I come be a kid at your clinic? Can I come be this at your clinic? Come check it out, see if I like it. So, you know, just trying to draw those uh, similarities, bring the comfort out of, of people in the community and just you know, reach out to them. I think you both hit on such a interesting point because like we've we already spoken a little bit about how we want to impact our communities and make that space um, a place that fosters um, like healthy attitudes and is impactful, but then also for the next generation of physiotherapists, it's so important that we as physios um, then are fostering those um, that learning and um, values in the next generation of physiotherapists. I know for myself, similar in that when I was younger, early twenties, ended up getting introduced to physiotherapy through a friend, ended up volunteering in a clinic and realized this is what I wanted to do based on that particular physio or the two physios in the clinic I was volunteering at at the time, watching them with their patients and their clients, watching them interact with each other, just the feel of the atmosphere and then what they instilled in me and how they brought that out. I think you guys are hitting on such a important aspect of it and this kind of leads in directly into one of our questions actually with with the next generation of physios and with you guys yourselves just having recently graduated kevin and i um, still in the process of finishing up our education can you guys comment at all just with your experience in the school setting what did western um, western physiotherapy do or not do for you that really spoke to um, like collaboration um, that spoke to inclusivity among different populations if they were educating on 
how do you as an individual interact with somebody from maybe a more diverse background? How do you make it meaningful? How do you make a meaningful interaction with them that is going to be beneficial for them? Do you guys, can you guys comment on that at all, just from your own experience in school and just what you've seen at least thus far out in the field? Uh, yeah, Marquise, you want to hit this one first? Because I don't, <laughs> I don't want to intimidate you, man. <laughs> Yeah, so um so yeah, first of all, Western was a like a phenomenal, phenomenal school. The past two years have been like life changing, they've been amazing, some of the most memorable two years of my life. Um and what the what the school did, uh like first and foremost, it it instilled and, and gave every student I think like the confidence they needed to go out into every setting and just be confident in your ability and just be comfortable. Um not knowing everything when you come out at first, but being comfortable knowing that like, you know, you can you can treat people, you can get them better, even if you are not fully sure of the diagnosis if you're in a private setting. Um, and then what they also did really well was um, communication skills. They really honed in on that, like soft skills, professionalism, um, being able to um, reach out to other professionals and being able to speak to patients on, a level beyond like clinical skills and just getting to know the person, getting to know um, how they feel towards physio um, and whatnot. Um, and then clinical skills. So Western is huge with MSK, orthopedics, hands-on. So critical thinking and, and, and clinical skills, they did a great job with that to kind of reach out in the community and we can go to any clinic and we can be pretty confident as a new grad going out and you know doing manual therapy or being able to have to come in and uh feel better after you know just a few sessions or, or one session um and I, i'll let tony touch on the strengths before we before we move on to some of the things that we think could have been improved. <laughs> all right um so one of the things that uh, like i really took away from the program was like after after first year you know how it's like first year it's like the base knowledge like they got to teach you all the all the basics all like the physiology the anatomy and like just level one as soon as you hit uh year two they started really hammering in understanding like the individuality of a person understanding like all like not just oh my, my ankle hurts or like the clinical signs of an injury. It's about like what they're going through, the stresses that they have in their lives, how they perceive their world and how they take in their experiences affects how the injury will manifest and how recovery will take place. And they, and they're like, even like, as we're, as we're like, about to graduate as we're like leaving school for for our last placement they're like make sure like you understand that you have to have that connection you have to build um that understanding with the person you have to know how the things that they experience affect how they are how they how they stress how they think in order to have that full impact of uh, the therapeutic relationship. Because no matter like 
if your if your glide if your mobilization is perfect a perfect grade four or whatever all, all that like it's not as effective as if you were just if you could just develop trust if you could get this person to understand you and you understand them and I think that is like the biggest strength of uh, the program, at least just leaving, entering uh, practice right now. Yeah, I think that I think that uh, it forces it forces us as students and as new grads to be more creative. And I'm sure uh, Kevin Arena, you guys can um, you guys can relate to this too. It forces you to be more creative when you have to. Um, really understand and learn how to how to speak to a patient um beyond their their injury or beyond what their what brings them into the clinic it forces you to to make like a tailored program that really fits who they are and like how their how their life is how their week's going you know if they'll like the certain thing that you'll send them home with if um certain things you do or say to them will will actually like motivate them help them and help them recover so yeah it forces you to be more creative it, it, it challenges you in a sense and it, 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 it kind of links over to like your, your personal life too. So the way you interact with people in your daily life, so the way that um, you go about your own life too. So yeah, Tony hit it, Tony hit it right on the bottom. Yeah, just um, kind of before you guys get into any other points with that one, which I think, you know, very interesting stuff there. It's, that was, that was one thing that I think with the movement effects, when we were first talking about like, what, what was something we wanted to do with this? We had the idea, but okay, what do we want to do with it? Then how do we want to impact? And like one component was um, like, we want to do these education modules here and there that allow us to hopefully help give information to other practitioners about certain populations, their cultural backgrounds, maybe movement that is common to that cultural background or somebody from that region, if they're maybe not from Canada, they immigrated here. And in that way, it makes it more meaningful for that individual, right? Like you guys were hitting that so well in that there's more going on than, yeah, that grade four mobilization. Oh yeah, my technique's perfect, but excuse me, sir. I don't think this is uh, applicable for you because A, hands-on maybe isn't something you're comfortable with. The exercises I'm giving you don't have any representation in your day-to-day -day life. So how can I individualize this to you and make it meaningful? Yeah, I think it's brilliant. And it's great hearing that that idea is being fostered around the country in different professions. Because at least at, here at Dalhousie University for Physio, like that is definitely something I think that similar to Western, Western that they're fostering and that you're treating the whole person, that classic idea of patient-centered care, exactly what we're uh, discussing right now. Yeah, so that's great, guys. Yeah, um, I know not to try and pry for uh, the tea, but it sounds like there maybe was one or two things that you guys had uh, comments on that were more, a little more critical about Western's program. Not sure if you guys are open to talking about anything about that. Uh, I'll, I'll start I'll, uh, a little bit. Get to the Again, Western was a great, like a great school, but um, I would say the patient population was a little bit skewed, to say the least. So, okay. you know, the the pace, the volunteers that we had coming in, the guest speakers that we had coming in, the 
PowerPoint slides, the exams, the test, it was all really skewed to um, people who weren't part of the BIPOC community. Um, so, but that's not to say that that's on the professors, right? So there's still a little research on um, non-white patients. Um, so there needs to be, you know, more research for that. Um, and then what I wanted to see a little bit more from Western, um, I'm not sure if other PT schools are doing this, but a little more, I guess, community work or volunteer work, considering how much, like we said before, how how much will be part of the once we start. Um, so there was little involvement in that. And I think, um, I think at the educational level, um, making a push for volunteering the community a little bit more, contributing to the community a little more, um, it's crucial for learning how to be humble and uh, learning the skill of humility, which will really transfer over to when you're, you know, in the clinic and the acute setting of public sector or wherever you go. Um, so as far as things that I think could have changed a little bit, that's, that's a little bit on what I would want to see different. Cause I know I sat in the back of the class with Tony, we sat in the back right corner. Tony had the corner seat. I was two seats over from him. Every closest day. to the door, man. That's closest to the door. As soon as class is done, head over to the gym. Bounce, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so right uh, we were um we were sitting in the back of the class and some lectures we would go over, they would say, you know, this condition or this will look kind of reddish pinkish on on like a patient. Right. So I'm just like I'm sitting there. And, you know, I like to this day, like, I still feel like I should have raised my hand and said, you know, what will it look like on my skin? You know, but I always would just look over at Tony. He'd look at me. We wouldn't say anything. But we'd be like, all right, man, like, this is, it's not going to look like this on everyone, but, you know, uh, we need more people need to understand what it, what it looks like, what, like, what bruising yeah. looks like on my skin. Something simple like that, right? Because I've had experiences where I'm on placement and my CI didn't know. Um, what uh, a, a freezer burn compared to like a bruise, like a muscle tear, hamstring muscle tear was. And I was just like, I was blown away. I was like, you've been practicing for how many years? And, you know, so again, starting from the, from the educational level, starting from school, simple things like that, which takes, you know, two seconds to add into a PowerPoint. I think that'll go a very long way. Yeah, um, I guess I could just continue off of that. Um, what I found was there was uh, like, not to knock the program, the program is amazing. Every single prof, every single person of the faculty who we've like brought this um, issue up with are the most receptive people I have like Super ever smart. met. Like they're like, okay, what can we do? Like they're, they're like asking us the questions, like how can we change things? How can we like further progress this? for like the future future classes. Um, but like the while we're in the program, the thing that I noticed was it was like, okay, we have physio and then we have physio for indigenous people. And then wow, that was pretty much it. Like not to knock like the, the indigenous like access to physio kind of thing. Like it's, that is like important, but like what about like people our neighbors, basically. Like, what about the like lower lower um, income communities that are like the block over? 
like we sort of like skip over like uh same thing we've noticed with sort of like the association like the canadian physiotherapy association is we have like support for indigenous and then support for international like we just like i'm always like why do we skip over like <laughs> like the people in our own neighborhoods like there's so many people that are like within arm's reach of us that we could help like immediately like tomorrow you can help if you really wanted to like we i wish that there was something that had that in there and yeah i mean even with like just understanding how like we stress this whole biopsychosocial model thing but like we never really bring in things like how a person's race could affect how they feel or how a person's culture can affect how they feel or like a language barrier even and just things like i hope that they'll add into the program uh, in the future yeah that, that's incredible to hear because again i feel like and similar to you guys um but even being in physio school now it's like you know i feel like marquise you had like tony to look over and to you know uh joke about some of these things whereas here in scotland it's like i look over and it's literally there's no one to there's no one there so it's like i think i think what what's so key about what you guys were saying was um, the, I think it's just that the experience piece, I feel like any professor, any organization, any, um, any person who's, I guess, at the head of whether it's a school or a program or whatever, if their experience in the past has allowed them to see certain things or has allowed them to be more open and receptive to um, some of these changes, uh, then as a, as a whole organization or as a whole uh, school, you'll see it, right? You'll see it in the education, the teaching, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I think to, the, to that point, I think some of the, not, not at Western, because obviously I don't have um, any uh, experience or don't know anyone from there, but I think where maybe some schools might lack is just, I guess the people at the top, like, do they have that experience of, you know, racial injustice or um, just seeing certain things that they know is not right. And then as a result, they're tailoring their program uh, to better, to better the students. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's tough. Um, but to that, to, I guess, leading into the next question, um, for you guys in particular, from a personal or professional standpoint, have you guys experienced as a student or now as, um, I guess, almost professionals, have you guys experienced um, or had to manage any sort of racial injustice um, in general? Can I start, Tony? Oh, okay. Um, so for me, um, I, I personally, I didn't really have to. Um, manage any of this stuff but the point where we really dove into sort of tackling this social injustice issue was 
uh, when we started our um, honors conversations. We basically, as like everything was going down with the Black Lives Matter movement, we felt like that it was important for us to start talking about this stuff. And then we sort of started with our class. We were very receptive. People started opening up and we sort of reached it, branched out to other physio schools, had a session with that. Again, really well received. And then it came to the point where we did one through the Canadian Physiotherapy Association with the help of um, the Global Health uh, Division. And that's where we started like seeing like, okay, like some things like with our peers, we have the same ideas. As soon as we step into the like the connection to like more broader outreach, we started seeing like things like, oh, okay, so we sort of need to need to tackle this a little bit differently in terms of like the people that we reach and the people who want to listen. Um, what the issue that sort of we had to tackle was that the divisions was looking to me and Marquise to be like, oh, what do we do about this? Like, what can we, what can we like, is there like a anti-racism training that we need to set up? Do you guys want to help us with that? Just do put it all on your with... shoulders kind of thing, eh? Yeah. yeah. Do you want us to like do the statements? Like, can you look at this for us? And like me and Marquise are looking at you. It's like, yo, like we don't even have a license yet. Like we haven't mm -hmm. practiced out in the field yet. And you, you expect, like, we didn't expect people to even listen to us at this point. So we sort of just like the people who came to our talks was people who had the same ideas, had the same feelings and felt like that they needed to connect with uh, a community who also had the same thing. But where we both kind of struggled with is, yes, we're good at connecting people with the same ideas, the same values and the same feelings, but we have no idea how to start connecting to a community where they don't have these experiences or don't have like the exact same values as us. And that's where like how we, we to be honest, we haven't figured out a way to manage this. And it's, it's still in the process and we're just sort of <laughs> trying to figure it out as two new grads and uh, you know people ask us for help with things and we're like listen like we're just doing what feels right and like we'll give give you our feedback but like yeah. you, you you have to do this too <laughs> yeah i think i think we're trying to we're trying to find a way to get beyond the um like it's good to have open honest conversations um yeah. but when you when you reach out like 24 and you reach out to the global health division um and you know not knocking them but when you reach out to them and in hopes that they can kind of guide you in a sense to like bring your ideas to like a bigger platform and then they turn around and look back and say what should we do and you know we're just we're, we're still in school at the time we're just finishing up so Tony and I are like, well, like, uh, I called Tony. I was like, um, I wasn't expecting that. Like, you know, we got to find out things so that we can send it back to them so they can come up with something to do so they can 
um, fix their statement so they can, and you know, it was, it was a lot for us because we were studying for the, the PCE too. And then there we had go. to make a conversation going. And, you know, I, I think, but I think, it, I don't think it's just us that's, that's dealing with that. I think it's um, other organizations as well. Uh, I know Kevin can, BBPA there, you know, we're, we're reaching out to different, these big organizations saying, you know, this is what we want. And uh, they kind of look back at us to say, you know, what can you, what education can you guys provide for us? And, you know, it's not, not so much that they're taking into action to say, we're going to go out and do this and this, and we're going to educate ourselves. They're kind of looking at us to provide the education, to provide the opportunities um, when we need like someone, some people or an organization on a bigger platform to, to help out. Um, recently, I was just at the CPA virtual summit. Um, so I was, I was actually a panelist. I got to speak with the BIPOC student collective. Um, Mary reached out to me, if anyone that knows Mary, uh, super sweet lady. Um, and basically, um, the BIPOC student collective, they're in collaboration with the NSA. Um, and basically they're, they're just trying to provide a platform for students, um, currently in PT school to, um, have an opportunity to reach out to um, registered or practicing physiotherapists in the community um, for mentorship or for any questions and um, kind of allow them an opportunity to grow as um, clinicians. Um, so that that's kind of my most recent kind of, I guess, professional experience with um, with what's going on in racial injustice and, and, and everything like that. So, um, people are making a push for it. So everyone's listening, you know, schools are listening, uh, organizations are listening. So, you know, we're going in the right direction, but you know, there's, there are obviously there's some things that are kind of like frustrating, like, you know, kind of have to look back and say like, you know, why do we have to put in so much work right now? You know, other people should be kind of a little bit more for this and whatnot, but you know, people are, everyone's listening. Everyone's so responsive right now. So you can't do too much complaining, right? Yeah. And I think, with people um, dealing with the current climate of COVID and just the timing of that with realistically a modern day civil rights movement that we're seeing across the globe in a lot of different areas, um, not just for Black Lives Matter, but for a lot of different populations. Like here in Canada, of course, we have a lot of um, Indigenous First Nation groups, uh, Inuit, uh, Métis, um, fighting for land rights and everything along those lines. and. It's, it's positive that we're seeing, it seems like in certain areas, people are more open to having these discussions and learning, which I think is fantastic. But like what you guys had touched on when you said that you, you wanted to start having these dialogues, you started reaching out to organizations for help or support, and then for them to turn around and like, okay, we want you guys, to, all right, yeah, we'll do this. We want you guys to come up with the answers. It, just I was having a conversation recently with somebody uh, about this and we were talking about how so often the onus is put on um, like the marginalized group or the um, disenfranchised group or that minority group right. to we want you guys to tell us tell us how we can be better and how we can help at what point does taking ownership for your own education in terms of educating yourself on a racial issue by reading, listening to podcasts, listening to say podcasts like this, 
or listening to professionals discuss these things and not asking this individual, okay, you, you come to us with the information, you tell us what we need to do. Oh, instead, why don't we all come to the table and open up dialogue and discuss these things? Like it shouldn't be, say, on the two of you, it shouldn't be your responsibility to educate that organization. Okay, this is what we need you to do to help us do this. Well, okay, why don't we sit and have a discussion about this? Because our students, we are students, you guys fresh out of school, us going through we need and you need just as much support from those organizations as you are willing to give to those organizations it needs to be a back and forth and like you said as the name implies rehab collective it's supposed to be a collective agreement help should be collective kind of thing so it's it's one of those things people are only going to be open to changing and learning if it's within their best, if how is it going to be in, within their best interest? And like you said, you were having people come out who were already interested and were already like-minded in their thought process. And that's why they were coming to hear you talk. But yeah, how do I then reach those groups that aren't as open, don't share the same values and don't want to engage in that discussion? Well, I need you to help me figure out how do we reach those groups? Don't put it on me. How am I supposed to figure this out? by myself so it's, it's an interesting time to be uh in healthcare just entering healthcare for all of us really right so that's yeah interesting stuff yeah. see I, I actually have a question so uh I was, i'll start with kevin over in, in in scotland where you're at right now have you like what what kind of differs from the way ontario is kind of approaching all this or you see the cpa is approaching things or global health division like have you seen much action kind of where you are and then the same thing for you uh reno over on the east coast um that's a good question and i think there's two sides to it so i think a part of me stayed away from um uh i guess things outside of more so what the university is doing and what uh i guess the schools are doing from that standpoint um so in regards to what the government is doing, I can't really speak to that, but in regards to schools, um, education system, healthcare system, like with the hospitals implementing certain things, there could, I, I feel like they, they care. And I feel like there is interest to make a significant change. I just feel like the, it, I think it goes back to what you guys were saying in regards to they're waiting for someone to give them the answers. Like they're waiting for someone to uh, tell them, okay, do it this way, this way, this way. Uh, as of now, they're implementing things that are quite broad uh, and that don't, they don't, again, trying to tackle the issue, but they, in actuality, they don't, if that makes sense. Um, just trying to think of a practical example with that, but um, yeah, I mean, one actually yeah one example would be the implementation of uh like a inclusion diversity some somewhat of a curriculum and i think one thing that was implemented was all of a day or two days uh, and it was just like a very quick brief um you know everyone should be respected everyone should be um, treated fairly uh it didn't it didn't uh, like dive deep into the issue. 
And I think that's I think that's the challenge, especially out here, from what I've seen, at least. Um, but prior to everything kind of uh, ramping up in regards to just social injustice and being more aware, I think um, I think everyone again just had like a very generalized uh, respect level, um, and because of that, I feel like it was a, in a very good spot uh, where you know, I personally didn't feel, um, you know, at, at any sort of disadvantage, uh, being here, which, which is good. Um, but again, I think with that said, there could be a bit more done just targeting like specific goals, specific implementations, uh, to make it better for students. And I guess, uh, for everyone, everyone living here. Yeah, no, that's good though. I mean, as little as it is, it's good, you know, we're still making a push, so moving forward. So yeah, that's good to hear. What about you, you know? Yeah, the timing of this, like us having this discussion is perfect because, um, and I'm not sure if, um, like Kevin, if you would have done this in Scotland at all through um, school there, or if you guys would have done this through Western, but here at Dow, we have um, IPHE, which is Interprofessional Health Education. So you do it in first year and then you do it in second year. And the goal of that is to have students while they're still at the education level uh, come together. And so it'll be a student from physiotherapy, uh, an OT, occupational therapist, uh, a pharmacy student, a med student, a nursing student, a speech language pathologist uh, student. And the goal is to try and foster collaboration um, within the healthcare professions working on a patient case, just as it would rep kind of how it's meant to represent working in the field, just being done at an education level to get people in the habit of that. So we just did that over the last two weeks and the uh, session we had this past Thursday, um, at the end of the session, we had a um, guest speaker and um, she's a local OT. She was a graduate about three years ago and um, she ended up touching on the topic of um, racism a bit and just exclusion and things she's faced because she was a visible minority BIPOC. Um, and it was just interesting hearing. So it wasn't as much, so the discussion itself being interesting, but like listening to the feedback from students during the session and people's thought process, very, there was actual I don't want to say opposition, but you could see people questioning, maybe not the validity of her um, thoughts on it, but just maybe people with a lack of experience in that area and not really understanding what she was getting at and what was being said. It's great to see that students are, some students are open to beginning to engage in those discussions because I can say for myself, at least historically, when I've tried to open up discussions, even on a one-to-one -one basis with people, uh, be it in school or outside of school, be it student or faculty member, some people just aren't comfortable having those conversations. And regardless of what their ethnicity is or their cultural background is, a lot of people don't even want to have that discussion of this. So the fact that I like the fact that Dalhousie is beginning to incorporate that stuff more into the student learning because I don't want to say it's forcing it upon people because that gives such a negative connotation. But like, like we were saying before, if people aren't open to coming to the table to have a discussion about this stuff. All right, well, we kind of have to bring you to the table. So you don't have to agree philosophically with everything, but like, yeah, you have to be open to at least talking about things. And that's where 
like when you get like extremist views, whether it be extreme left or extreme right, a lot of the time because of those extreme views, whatever they may be, people aren't willing to meet in the middle to at least have a discussion, hear the other side's position, regardless of how much it is in contrast maybe to yours, but at least be open to having the discussion, hear the other person's views, engage in some dialogue. And I think Dell is starting to go in the right direction. Dell's University is going in the right direction of it because at least in my time here now, I've seen them, um, we've had some guest speakers in our classroom, of course, now with um, COVID, all the stuff we've done recently is all online. So it's all tele um, communication, which is still a great option. But um, it's been interesting um, when we have had guest speakers. And so that just this recent one being online, but physically being in class and actually getting to see students and see who's interested in what the speaker is discussing and then knowing some of these students maybe on an online platform in terms of social media like okay what kind of stuff do you post what things are you interested in um are you interested are you engaged in the classroom and you could really see just the expressions on people's faces as your head glancing down to look at your phone more often than your attention is directed at the speaker at the front of the room are you asking questions? Are you answering questions? So while I think Dalhousie University is going in the right direction with it, you could definitely see that a lot of students aren't interested. And is that on a one-to-one -one basis maybe that they're just not interested? Is it a cultural thing out here? Because there is a significant history out here in terms of um, the interaction between um, the Preston Black population out here in Nova Scotia, um, which goes back to a lot of um, individuals in Nova Scotia who identify as Black and BIPOC. A lot of it was uh, the Underground Railway back in at slavery times. Nova Scotia was uh, a safe haven at that time, but learning uh, about the history of Nova Scotia and Halifax specifically with black populations, as well as with um, the Mi'kmaq, which is um, the ancestral, this is the ancestral land for the Mi'kmaq, which are the indigenous people of Nova Scotia in this region of Atlantic Canada. Um, so which, what I was getting at with that is, is it on an individual basis or are we seeing like this cultural um, representation in the classroom of the culture out here and the lack of, um, inclusivity and the lack of uh, unity because at least in my experience since I've been out here what I've witnessed I can definitely say it's palpable out here there's people that are definitely open to having these discussions and educating themselves and looking for change and then it, it at least appears to me that there's individuals who aren't open so how do we bridge that gap and like we were saying Kind of have to force people to come to the table and that's why i'm appreciative that dell is like okay we're going to bring this to you if you're not going to come to it kind of thing this is important for healthcare outcomes right like what you guys were touching on earlier about how do i make it meaningful for my patients well my, i don't have the same background as my patient i don't know your culture but maybe i'll educate myself so i can then make it as meaningful as possible for you so i don't know it's uh, it's complicated uh, I think what Weston did, we had IP sessions too, but Tony and I were talking about a few weeks ago and we were saying, um, Sam went to another uh, girl from our class, um, 
we're talking about the IP sessions, we should, like the house is doing, we should include one where we talk about uh, social injustice or racism, because in a sense, they're, again, you don't want to say forcing students to come, but students mm-hmm. are kind of required to come. Um, we talked about different things at the IP sessions, like, uh, um, like death uh, and acute care, you know, how to deal with that when you're on different floors or different sectors. Um, we talked about, you know, interprofessional um, communication and, and, and dialogue and whatnot. And we think that having, you know, the OTs, SLPs, um, everyone there and having everyone communicate with each other, state their point of view um, while they're in school is, is huge. Because a lot of people, like you said, aren't comfortable talking about that. Um, and what Tony and I realized after we did uh, our honest conversations with PTs, the feedback we were getting, um, people are a lot more comfortable you know, talking about it. Um, and we noticed that when we, we had like a large group of you know, 70 people and when we split everyone up into breakout rooms, um, I forgot how many people were in it, but you know, probably like six or five. So we brought them to a smaller group, and from there, people were openly like you know talking to each other and um, giving their experience. And if they didn't have an experience, they were listening and they were saying, "Oh shit, you know, I didn't." Oh, there goes the word, you know. <laughs> oh shit, um, I've never experienced this. I never knew this happened. And they kind of gain an appreciation to say like, "Man, I grew up in a community where." none of this ever happened i never knew anyone that went through this and they even if they didn't have anything to contribute they sat there and they listened and they said wow okay and you know hopefully what i hope is that translates to when we're out in the work field and god forbid something happens you're able to feel comfortable standing up for your brother your sister whoever is beside you or you're you feel comfortable educating someone and you feel comfortable asking someone a question if you don't know something about their religion or something about their their background you know to say like um you know what what holiday do you celebrate to make conversation right it Mm -hmm. might sound like a like an ignorant statement but a lot of people say you know i celebrate hanukkah or i celebrate something else and they might appreciate it and they might start talking about their culture and talking about their background and then you're sitting there listening and they can really see that you know you appreciate who they are as a person beyond you know their injury that they come beyond their ankle sprain you know that you actually care about who they are as a person you actually want to learn about who they are as a person because you were kind of ignorant to it growing up you weren't surrounded by that you have no idea what's going on but feeling comfortable just talking to people and 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 just having open honest conversation goes a long really long way yeah i couldn't i couldn't agree more with all that and i'll just touch in i know where we wanted to keep it within a time frame, so we'll probably end up wrapping up soon. But um, one of the things I want to mention is I think that was the, uh, Marquise, I think that's the, the main issue here as well, uh, specifically in Scotland, in regards to uh, the engagement. So Reno was talking about, are students engaged? Um, does it apply to them uh, when, it, when the seminar is being delivered? And I could see why it would not um, stick with some of the students here, um, primarily because like me being on placement, I've been on placement now for uh, five months, uh, five months worth of different placements, different hospitals, and I've maybe treated no less than five uh, people in the BIPOC community. And, and it's, it's crazy because, yeah, like students, um, if, if I were to say, okay, I've treated 100 that were not in the BIPOC and only five in the BIPOC, 
like why would a student um, treat a BIPOC seminar session, you know, why would they be engaged? Why would they treat it with um, as much respect as it should get? Because in their heads, majority of people won't be in that population anyways. So it's, it's, it's very tough. Um, but yeah, I think it's, as Tony was saying too, it's just like figuring out a way to get those people uh, who may not want to listen, figuring out how to get them to listen. That's, it is tough. Um, but if anyone will, you guys will do it. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's actually quite funny because like it, when I say like we need to reach out to people who like don't have like 100% the same mindset, I was thinking about um, uh, J. Cole, he said something in one of his songs and it's like, well, like what's the point of- Snow on preaching? the bluff. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> what's the, let, let, yeah. What's the point of preaching to like people who already believe what you believe? Yes. It's just, it's, it makes perfect sense. And like, wise man, wise man. That line just tied everything up right there. Everything we've been discussing, that line yeah. right there, perfect timing. <laughs> well, guys, um, this has been fantastic. Um, like from the sounds of it, off, oh, we could probably continue on for a lot longer on a lot of these. Uh, oh man, we need points, we need right? more time, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, and like I think I speak for Kevin, and I know the rest of the boys if they were with us as well. Um, like this is great that we're having once again you guys on at the beginning stages of us having these podcasts because we do we did start out for a lot of the same reasons. These and this discussion really opened up are at least my eyes that like yeah a lot of our experiences are the same what we're noticing in school and education and healthcare it's a lot of the same stuff and i know we are definitely going to want to have you guys back like with appropriate amount of time in between to see how things have progressed um like with us in our education with you guys just entering the workforce and just see like okay what new themes are we noticing if any um how are things progressing how are we how are we finding people are responding to what we're doing, right? So uh, we would love to have you guys back at some point if possible. Yeah. Yeah, man. Love to be back, man. Super. Yeah, fun. I'm in. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm in. Um, before we sign out, uh, how can anyone listening like support you guys? Like, if they wanted to learn about you guys, support you guys, um, contact you guys, like, how can they do that? Yeah, just um. We run an Instagram account called Rehab Collective. If you haven't said it, <laughs> if you haven't said it during the thing, but feel free to shoot us a message, give us a follow. Um, I'm working out of Mississauga. Marquise is working out of Vaughn. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can find Tony. You can find Tony Lee at. Uh at Gray Method or Triangle Physiotherapy, and then you can find me at Sporting Edge Physiotherapy. But yeah, reach out on, on Instagram. Um, we have our contact information there, our email. Uh, we have our personal profiles too, so reach out to us at the clinic if you'd like, um, or just shoot us an email with any questions you have. Um, yeah, that's about it. But I'm gonna reach out to you guys for sure. Kevin, uh, I wanted to talk to you about the NBYMP Foundation. We'll do that another time though. I've been really interested in that. Marina, I'll be in touch with you, man. Absolutely, guys. Yeah, thank you so much once again. This has been fantastic. Yeah. We're, we're always down to talk. Always down. <laughs>